just give it a sec and then we'll start recording and always take a step. There we go. All right. Welcome everyone back. This is another episode of the GTM Kickback, the number one go-to-market leadership interview and strategy podcast in the world. We've got a fantastic guest here with us, Mr. Charles Gold, CMO over at Threat Connect, here to enlighten us and talk a bit on the topic of experience as a CMO and a marketing executive with a number of growth stage technology organizations, cybersecurity organizations, and advisory work you do, sort of all with a, a mix in between. But it's great to have you on, Charles, and I'm excited to have this conversation. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for having me. Looking forward to <laughs> Good, man. So we're going to sit down and talk a little bit about kind of our macro topic is how CMOs increase their chance of success and work with their executive teams, which is particularly important just as business efficiency is at the forefront of most people's minds going into 2023, depending on where you are in the market and how you're looking at it. So marketing is important, sales important, commercial success is very important, as well as just keeping your executive organizations in order. You obviously are this executive. You have done this successfully in, in multiple iterations in the past, and you've got some some great ideas on how people can sort of replicate what you've done, plus implement their own strategies to be really successful in marketing executive roles. Could you give us a little background on yourself, where you got to where you are, what you're doing right now, and what makes you qualified to talk to us about this? What <laughs> so, uh, of, of many things, of many things. <laughs> yeah, so I've spent 20 years as a marketing leader in B2B tech and typically, you know, more infrastructure, cybersecurity kinds of things. I'm in my fourth role, my fourth CMO role in a cybersecurity company. And I've done, you know, startups, taking companies from zero to something and growth stage, taking from something to something much bigger. So, you know, I, I don't know how qualified I am, but I've been around enough to have seen a few things. So happy to share whatever paltry insights I've picked up along the way. <laughs> I like how you say that. Something to something bigger, nothing to something. That's great. Well, let's dive right into our topic. Yeah, Your sure. CMO, how have you been successful in those organizations and the way that you I guess, operate at the executive table, right? And maybe paint the picture of the contrast here. How do you see other people in similar positions and executive roles to yours maybe not find as much success, right? What are the gaps and pitfalls that we're going to address here? Yeah, so, I mean, I guess what I'd say is successful CMOs, are very well integrated across the business. And I, I think successful CMOs are very good at achieving alignment. And I mean alignment from the top down with the board and the CEO and also alignment across the executive. So what, what I've always tried to do is align in a few ways. One, you know, it, it starts with before you even accept the job, right? So, you know, people say, oh, you know, I'm growing my company, I need a CMO, or I've had a person in marketing and now I need to get bigger, so I need a CMO to help me do that. But that's a very general statement. Like, do you need a top marketing executive who's really strong in demand? Or do you need one who's strong in brand? Or do you need one who's strong in product marketing? Do you, are you looking for somebody who's been on the same kind of journey that you're currently on. If you're growing from 10 to 30, it's a very different CMO profile typically than if you're growing from one to 10. And so, you know, it starts with the alignment of what exactly does the company need? And as you're interviewing for those kinds of roles and looking at different opportunities, 
making sure that the thing that they want is the thing that you can do and making sure that the key stakeholders, the board in particular, but, but the CEO, the CFO, the CRO, extremely important, all have the same idea, generally speaking, of what they want from marketing. So it, it, it starts with that, but then it's once you're in the chair, it's about how do you align on metrics? What are we, what are we trying to drive? How are we going to measure it? Where are we going to invest our dollars? So, you know, to, to, to roll it all up, I think, you know, the successful CMOs I know are really good at getting that alignment from the beginning and maintaining it, you know, through their journey with the company. Yeah, it's interesting because you've you've obviously seen a lot of success in it, but it is a role, particularly for early stage tech companies, right? They're going through growth motions, maybe a, a Series A to a Series C or D type organization. It's a very high turnover position with, I think, average tenures being less than 18 months for VP of marketing in those types of companies. So not a lot of people get it right. That's sort of an interesting statement that you make because I, I use this in speaking with different leaders and all sorts of different various hiring campaigns where the number factor for attrition inside of 12 months of employees, particularly in a commercial capacity, whether it's a salesperson, a marketing person, customer success, or a services person, is misaligned expectations. And that starts on literally your first interview and conversation with that business and is very much led by the talent acquisition process. Absolutely. Someone and, 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 that's and interviewed for these jobs. Oh, sorry. Okay. Good job. No, I was just going to ask what, yeah, I've kind of wanted to ask your thoughts on that. And then like, how are you qualifying that? Cause I can't imagine like everyone at that board or at that C suite that you're speaking with marketing experts so they don't necessarily know exactly what they want you kind of got to lead them to it right that's right i mean you, you need to part of it that that you know i sort of came to probably later than i should have probably needed to get hit on the head a couple of times with this is an interview isn't them interviewing you it's a mutual look for fit so you know you need to go into these things with a real sense of curiosity about what it is they're looking for and, and you got to play detective a little bit you know if, if you're if you're an experienced cmo and you're looking at the company you've seen a couple of these rides you know the questions to ask you need to be kind of qualifying it and requalifying it and you know you heard this from one board member so when you talk to the other board member you know i i, I heard from jane this what do you think bill is this what you think as well and trying to find those points if it's okay if they're a little bit off and the way they describe things or it isn't quite the same but if someone says you know we need a demand gen leader who's going to fill the pipeline the other person says demand is fine like we need to build our brand you're know, like all right well what is it and then you need to be introspective enough to say to yourself like this is a 10 to 30 journey and they need someone who's really strong at demand can i really do that is that really what my pedigree is? And you know, you, you got to come to an honest answer to that question, but before you jump in the boat. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, let's talk about, I guess, someone getting into that actual role. So they've aligned sort of on the expectation front, at least to a degree that they feel comfortable jumping into it on both ends. How do you operate to find the most success? How do you find that 
continuous alignment? How do you find that, I guess, middle ground where everyone's aligned on ROI expectations and priorities of marketing and the blend between sales, marketing, and customer success, and sort of getting all of the revenue leaders pointed in the right direction, right, for the company's most optimal success? Yeah, so, I mean, your first 90 days in the role are super critical. Right. In fact, there's a fantastic book called The First 90 Days. If you're looking at new roles, you should definitely read it. I read it before any time I take a new role. But the, the, the gist of it is you need to talk to each of the stakeholders once you're in the company and spend your first 30 days really assessing the situation and coming up with a plan. Right. So the way I like to do this is, you know, I go meet with the head of sales because he or she is my partner, right? Like I really want to understand them, but also the CEO, the head of customer success, the head of product, the CFO. And as I'm meeting with each of them and trying to understand what the business needs, I'm building my plan. So, you know, I might have a, a, a great meeting with the CRO and start framing out some thoughts. And then when I go meet with the CFO, I might say, you know, here's what I'm thinking about and kind of, iterate on the plan during that 30 days. It's important to set the expectation with your CEO and your board. Hey, I'm going to take my first 30 days and I'm going to do an assessment and I'm going to come back at the end of that with a plan. And the plan you come back with needs to be one that has everybody's fingerprints on it because you've gone around to see everybody, right? So I like to say you've got their fingerprints on the murder weapon, right? And so you come back and you say, all right, well, here's the plan and you should have something within you know, in your first maybe four to eight weeks, that's board ready, that you can say, hey guys, I've done my assessment, here's where we are, here's where we wanna be, here's the plans and programs I wanna put in place, here's the investment that's required, hopefully it's already in the budget, if not, like you have to have that conversation. But it's, it's all about getting everybody's input up front early and being super transparent with, here's what I heard and here's what I plan to do, right? It makes the future conversations much, much easier because if you come in a silo and say, you know what, I'm the marketing guy or I'm the marketing lady and I've, I know all the answers and I'm going to go figure it out and here's what I'm going to go do, but people haven't bought in, someone's going to wind up sad and it's probably going to be you. Yeah. I say a lot of the times a, a CMO or a marketing executive come into a business and if they're not doing this properly right at least from a conversational standpoint and planning and having the right executive i guess leading powwow sessions they almost kind of have a target on their back more than anyone else absolutely absolutely because think about it particularly like not in the beginning of 2022 or 2021 when dollars were flowing like there's a lot of scrutiny on our budgets these days yeah money's expensive money's expensive and you know if you're you know, I like to refer to what we spend in marketing as an investment because I yeah. believe that it's an investment in your future growth. But, you know, it's it's not like you're uh, you're just giving your budget and you can go away and spend it. People are going to ask questions. And so making sure that plan is aligned and that you're very clear, super helpful. How do you set those expectations and what are like some general guidelines that you've gone through in real roles in the past? Like I can imagine people want things fast. They want to see that that investment is paying off quickly and get the immediate gratification. That's rarely the case with large scale marketing campaigns. Maybe if you're doing some demand stuff, it goes a little quicker, but 
We're working on a big branding and PR plan and, and reorganizing a, a whole company's image inside a marketplace. I don't know. How, you tell me how long that takes. I can imagine it takes a very long time and setting those expectations must be tough. Yeah, I think part of it is being clear on why you're doing something, how you plan to measure it, and what you think the timeline is. And you have more latitude to be forthright, transparent, and conservative in your projections early on in your role than you will later. So it's important up front to say, all right, you know, I'm rebuilding the marketing organization. I think it's probably going to take six months to get people into the chair. And I think we're going to start to see, you know, all, you know, build a whole team. And I think it's going to take nine months before we start seeing it show up meaningfully in pipeline. It may be faster. I hope it is. We're going to work for it. But here's the expectations, right? I'm, I'm just making up numbers. But like, it's important that you say those things. Otherwise, someone's going to say, well, you've been here three months. How come the pipeline isn't triple? Well, that's not the way it works. And the other side of it is, it's important to think about what type of business it is. So if you're in a high velocity business with an ASP of $9,000 and single touch marketing kind of stuff, then perhaps you'll see results very, very quickly. If it's enterprise, you know, I work in an enterprise business. That's what I've done. These things are, you know, six, 12, 18 month sales cycles. It takes a minute and it takes a minute. And it takes a lot of touches. What about operationalizing your group, growing your teams, putting technology and resources in place for you guys to follow through on a lot of this stuff? How do you get the buy-in for it, justifications, and then where do you start when you come into one of these? Yeah, so, I mean, you always want to look for those quick wins. So that's that's a piece of it, right? So you're going to earn... You're going to earn some credibility through having the plan that you've had everybody buy into. You're going to earn even more credibility yeah. when the first things start bearing some fruit. So, so, so you want to you want to look for for those sorts of things. You need to think strategically if you're building out the team about what the roles are that are going to have disproportionate impact. And all of that is is very situational. It's sort of what what you walked into, what the existing team looks like, if there is one, where the gaps in the business are. Like if the gap is in, you know, upsell, you might have a different program than if the gap is in new business, or if the gap is in, you know, sales enablement, you've just hired a new sales team, you need to train them, then you might say, look, I wanna, I wanna go product marketing first. So, you know, it, it, it's very, it's very, very situational, but my, my advice would be successful CMOs tend to look for a combination of sort of long-term horizon two wins that take a while to get to with, hey, look, here's some things that we, here's some adjustments I can make to our demand spend right away. They're going to make things better. Yeah. I'm sure they like hearing that. Yeah, show up, show up in the SQL numbers. The, the other piece, and I, I neglected to mention this in terms of alignment, is when you're thinking about the metrics that you want to commit to, that you want to sign up for, those should be metrics that directly impact the sales. And that sounds like pretty obvious, but still today in 2023, you see top marketers who are very focused at the very tippy top of the funnel and they're not thinking that their job is driving pipeline and advancing pipeline when in fact it is. So, you know, I have 
for a long time focused my measurements on sales qualified leads and below in the funnel. The top of the funnel stuff, sure, we track. I never talk about it, right? I, I yeah. only want to talk about the things that, that are a shared goal with sales, yeah. right? Because then you're really having an impact on the business. And when you're talking to the board, you're talking to the executive team, you're talking to the, to the CFO, you're talking about, you're talking in business terms, you're not talking in, mar in marketing terms. Right? You're saying, look, we, we drove, you know, we drove a 3X on our investment in source pipeline, we do have a 6X in influence pipeline, so we think we're doing well, or we're not. It's like you want to be as closely tied to direct revenue as you possibly can to sort of justify the means on a lot of it, even though there's so much direct, indirect impact on what you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. What, I feel like most marketers don't always think like that. Why is that the case? I, I'm always shocked. <laughs> I'm always shocked by this, but but you still in this day and age run across marketers who are very focused on, you know, inquiries and leads and things that are at the end of the day at a business level, at an executive team level, at a board level, it's all pops and clicks to them. If you if you show your MQL or your inquiry or your web traffic numbers in a board meeting, like people are gonna be looking at their phones. Right? It's not interesting and it's not germane to how you develop value in the enterprise and ultimately get to an exit that makes everybody money. Yeah. Cash in the bank. That's all they care. Yep. And that's what every business cares about at the end of the day. <laughs> and what I tell my team is I get all those metrics. That's awesome. We should track them. We yeah. should talk about it in the in the team. Outside the team, we talk about pipeline because that's what matters. Yeah. Yeah, but you have to think about it in your regard as sort of like a scientific process, but all in the interest of getting to that end result. That's right. That's right. You need to think about it. Those are operational day to day kind of metrics that we need to pay attention to. But when we're talking to the business, we're talking in business terms. Yeah, 100 percent. That's interesting. How do you think things are going to change this year to be more cool about it? People are trying to do more with less. Budgets have been cut in a lot of different organizations. Resources are a little slimmer, especially on the people front. I don't know. How are you thinking about it? What would be your advice to others that are thinking about this? It, 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 it's going to be a really interesting year. I think there's a couple pieces. First, be thinking about that ROI. Get ahead of it. Don't wait until you were asked. Right? Don't wait till yeah. somebody at that point it's too late think about what you're driving what you're influencing where you're putting your dollars have in the back of your mind and you don't need to talk to anybody about this except maybe you know your internal leadership team marketing leadership team but how would you prioritize cuts if you had to make them not saying you're going to have to make them but just have that in your mind so again be ahead of the question if it's asked right i think one thing that you're going to see on the enterprise side is you're going to see an elongated middle funnel, right? So you're going to see a lot of interest at the top. You know, you're going to see, you know, people are willing to come in, request a demo, come to your trade show, whatever. And then at the bottom of the funnel, things that are that make it into the negotiation stage will close. But that middle of the funnel, I think you're going to see get kind of stuck. So think about what it is that you can do 
to accelerate that mid-funnel. And a lot of that's on the product marketing side. It's can we create business cases? Can we create more technical content? Can we do more enablement to help our sales reps make the case to push things through that mid-funnel? Because what's going to happen, I predict, you know, crystal ball here, is that approval cycles on enterprise purchases are going to get longer. Buying committees are going to get larger. Um, and so you've got to arm yourself for that eventuality. So that if there's five projects that are going to get funded out of a list of 10, you're one of the five. Or at least you have the best, best shot at it. And I think, you know, I think those two are really big trends that you'll see this year. The third one, and you know, a lot of people are talking about this, this is hardly novel, is a focus on the customer. How can you ensure you're getting retention? How can you maximize your chance for an upsell? So, you know, we invest very heavily in account-based. You know, we call it ABX, account-based everything. It's not just account-based marketing, because it's cross-functional. We have two segments we focus on. We focus on Greenfield New Business, but we also focus on customer. Getting in front of the customer, having them attend events, doing educational things, building content that we get in front of them, advertising to our customers. Because you've got to retain them, and you've got to maximize your chance at being able to get them to, to, to buy more, to get more value from you. That's really interesting. I like that ABX. That's, that's a big focus I've seen in the shifting mindsets of a lot of go-to-market leaders is let's focus on customer retention. Let's focus on customer candor and satisfaction. And while acquiring new accounts is always a priority and the, the, the goal to, to find stability and growth inside your business at this rate, right? It's kind of a bruisey bonus if we do get that and keep all of our customers at the same time, you know? Yeah, I mean, everybody's after net retention. There's a lot of ways you can get yeah. to that. <laughs> One of them is by just selling a tremendous amount of new, but I'd argue that <laughs> it's probably easier to retain a lot and try to upsell some of those and then add the new on top, particularly in, in Probably. Probably. Well, what are your, to kind of cap it out, what are your outlooks on the year? Good, bad, who knows? And what do you think others can do to implement marketing organizations right now as different leaders and executives to find better alignment with their teams and make sure they're finding the success long-term in their positions. Yeah, so outlook for this year, who knows? I think it's going to be, yes. I, I'm, you know, I'm in cyber. I think cyber is going to be relatively insulated from, you know, the, the flip-flops of the market. But, you know, I think you're going to see elongated sales cycles. You're going to see all the, th all the things that we talked about. I think it's going to be a big year probably of separating the, the pretty good from the great, both in terms of companies and in terms of leaders, being willing to be transparent, being willing to be vulnerable, being willing, being willing to be aggressive where you can. I think all that stuff is, is really, really, you know, it's, it's, it's way easier to be successful in any of these roles when the entire market is moving your direction. When it's a little flippity-floppity, it's harder. And I think, you know, I think we're going to see some, some washing out. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I'm not sure if I have any, any, any super great pearls of wisdom past what, what, what we've shared, but, you know, ensure, you're, a lot out. ensure you're continuing to, evaluate, to, to reassess that alignment so that you're, you're continuously in alignment with your executive team, with your sales leader, with your CEO, with your board, you know, be testing that, making sure that, hey, look, this is, this is what we're planning on doing. We all good? Cool. <laughs> all right. 
and, and be communicative. Sounds be simple. And transparent. That's it. Yeah, you make it sound all too simple, Charles. It's not. <laughs> not. I'm, I'm not saying it is. Real, real world <laughs> is super freaking messy. <laughs> real world is super messy. It's easy to sit on a podcast and talk about how, how easy it is. It's not. It's the world is super messy. But be transparent. Be vulnerable. Be be data driven. And you know, make sure you get into a role where you you know you've got the best chance of success. Well, I appreciate the time. Appreciate the insight. I'm sure everyone else does as well. Anything else you want to leave us with? Any closeout or plugs or final thoughts? Yeah, I just, you know, thank you for for taking the time. I enjoyed the conversation, and hopefully, somebody finds some some small nugget they can take away and do something with. I'm sure there's plenty. Thanks, that. Thanks for listening, everyone. And this is another episode of GTM Kickback. <laughs>